Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. It is a glorious day. It is a big day. I don't know if you knew about this. Uh, you're thinking, oh, well, it's, uh, let's see, it's August 16th. So, clearly, everybody is commemorating the death of Elvis Presley 45 years ago. Oh, right? Right, is that it? No, that's not it. No, no, no. Today is Liz Cheney Retirement Day. I don't know if you knew this. It's Liz Cheney Retirement Day is today. It's so fantastic. Did you? Did, I think she was registered at Pottery Barn for her retirement uh, because today she's going to get uh, stomped into the mud in uh, in Wyoming and her career is over. And they're debating whether or not she'll be a, a, a presidential candidate in 2024. Well, you know, you got to have at least one person who doesn't hate you to become the president of the United States. And right now, oh, I guess there is her father. There is her father, so maybe she can run for uh, for president in 2024. But everybody just wanted you to know that I hope you're ready to celebrate. Maybe you got a cupcake, a little, uh, you know, maybe a little creme brulee, something fancy there. Uh, if you're a Nancy Pelosi, maybe some $12 a pint ice cream, because today is Liz Cheney Retirement Day. Oh, wow, this is something else. Something. Oh, and it's another big day. It's another big day. Today is the the uh, the anniversary of the great leader's withdrawal from Afghanistan and his his victorious um, victory. Yeah, it's a it's a victory is what it is. Now it is kind of uh, I guess disappointing for me, and I don't understand why the dear leader of the United States of America, one Mister uh, Joseph Robinette Biden, would be on vacation today. I- I'm trying to figure out exactly why because this is an auspicious occasion. He has chosen. He has chosen to be off this week and extend his vacation at the height of, uh, you know, maybe possibly the zenith of his his time in the White House. For instance, today is the one-year anniversary, as I said, of his successful withdrawal from Afghanistan. I mean, of course, there are uh, 70% of military and uh, civilians who say it was a humiliating act that has resulted in uh, untold uh, destruction, poverty, and abuse. But, uh, it, it, yeah, let's move on. Uh, let's not forget, he's, he's missed all the fallout from his historic Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, Americans, only 12% of all Americans say that the Inflation Reduction Act is actually going to reduce inflation. But again, why is he on vacation? He's celebrating. He's missing the fallout from the raid of Mar-a-Lago. 
And the fact that uh, the the FBI doesn't want to release the affidavit that is what the FBI used when they went to the Clinton-loving magistrate in Florida to get the search warrant, who actually recused himself six weeks earlier from a case involving Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton. Oh, here, let me, I almost ran out of the Chinese National Anthem. Let me get that back up here. There you go. Okay. So anyway, if you're wondering what the music bed is, it's the Chinese National Anthem. Uh, let's see, the fact that Biden acted with Twitter to ban conservative viewpoints. I mean, literally, there is, there's memos, there's, there's emails showing that the Biden administration worked actively with Twitter to ban conservatives. We even have an example. That person is suing Twitter. Okay, we've got that. Uh, the, the, of course, he's also missing the wonderful fallout from his, uh, what some would say, bizarre claim that we have 0% inflation, even though I- inflation last month was 8.6%, and last year it was only 2%. But see, it dropped from 9.1 to 86 and so the dear leader said it was 0%, and we were all expected to believe that as he went off to his vacation where his wife now has tested positive for COVID, even though she's had a multitude of vaccines, which were guaranteed by the dear leader to prevent infection from COVID. It's, it's just crazy that he has taken this week off. I can't understand why he would extend his vacation from a $20 million a Democrat donor's home that's been infected with cockroaches and black mold into uh, his home in uh, Delaware, one of many that he owns because he's clearly invented something, brought it to market, and uh, sold it. No, actually, he just got a lot of money from uh, graft and corruption of his family, and uh, they've sold access to the uh, vice president, the senator, and uh, president of the United States to countries like China. But I don't understand why he is uh, he's taking the the week off on this uh, auspicious occasion. It's a very auspicious occasion. And if you don't believe me on uh, Afghanistan and the glorious withdrawal by the dear leader who has been right about everything. Well, actually, he's been wrong about everything. Everything involving uh, foreign policy since around, oh, I don't know, 1973. And uh, including he didn't want to go after Osama bin Laden. He said, nah, don't do it. Don't do the raid. And, and uh, Barack Obama, after, you know, sleeping on it and, uh, you know, special forces going out, hey, hey, we got a window here. Could you, uh, would you mind just, we want to get a little, uh, we want to go kill him. And uh, Joe Biden said, no, 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 no. But on this one, he's definitely right. Afghanistan, he, he certainly was right. 11-month-old Robani struggles to breathe as his mother looks on. The young Afghan is one of more than one million children under five. Now, that's probably because he doesn't have the COVID vaccination. Who are acutely malnourished in the Taliban-controlled country. Oh, crud. That's not uh, anything to do with COVID, is it? It makes me very sad when I see him in this condition. 35-year-old Fatima explains. I have lost three other children. This is the fourth one. A year into Taliban rule, Afghanistan's economy has collapsed. The United Nations now estimates 97% of Afghans are at risk of falling below the poverty. Well, that's like the, the Inflation Reduction Act. You're not going to see it really, really take effect for a couple years. So I'm sure that Afghanistan will be friggin', you know, vacation. The dear leader will go to Afghanistan next year uh, for vacation because it's so awesome. Line. 
The Taliban's controversial and archaic governing style well, has increased international isolation, not putting at risk billions of dollars worth of aid that acts as a humanitarian lifeline for this country. A strict interpretation of Islam is guiding life under Taliban control, making it impossible for a separation between mosque and state. But you know, who could have seen that coming? Who could have seen that coming when we turned things back over to the people who were in charge of Afghanistan when all of that stuff actually was happening before and now we're doing it again? There is a sense of normalcy on the surface. You see street vendors giving out food and trying to make some sales, but most people can't afford that food. The Taliban patrols the streets. Oh, that sounds kind of familiar, don't it? Like a police force, but behind that there is fear and anxiety for the Afghan people. We spoke with a female activist last night, and she staged a demonstration over the week. Uh, apparently, she doesn't realize that you can just identify as male. Problem solved. Weekend, and the Taliban broke up this protest, firing weapons into the air and beating these women in the streets of Kabul. They are not free, and it is only getting worse as the days go on. Here they just uh, sick the FBI on you. <laughs> it's, a little, uh, it's a little more... Uh, convoluted than that uh, uh. Oh, and it's kind of weird the dear leaders on vacation as the uh, uh, the House of Foreign Affairs Committee report comes out it's called a strategic failure assessing the administration's Afghanistan withdrawal but all you uh, you Afghan war veterans all you guys who came back with PTSD and, and missing limbs and and you know that stuff you know you're you're wrong-minded in your thinking that it was a mistake to pull Af- Afghanistan. And uh, essentially, well, uh, rub your face in it. There's that. A memo written by Biden's National Security Council spokesperson, Adrian Watson, who was probably in college when uh, 9-11 happened, maybe, maybe probably in junior high, suggested that the House Republican interim report is, quote, riddled with inaccurate characterizations, cherry-picked information, and false claims. It uh, alleged further that the criticism of Biden's uh, Afghanistan withdrawal constitute advocacy for, quote, endless war and sending even more American troops to Afghanistan. Um... How do how you feel about that, soldiers? How do you feel about that active duty military, retired military? Hmm. Two central arguments reportedly made in the strategic failure with the Taliban. Failure to adhere to the agreement nullified the U.S. requirement to withdraw. So, oddly enough, the Taliban didn't uh, adhere because they're a terrorist organization. I know we were going to change them this time. Uh, Vice Chief of uh, the United States, former Vice Chief of the United States uh, Army, Jack Keane, said that uh, it, it presented a false narrative to the American people, which I find very disturbing. That of the memo that was said that everything was cherry-picked and everything is really awesome in Afghanistan. Wow. Watson uh, refuted the claim that we are less safe today because of the withdrawal because al-Qaeda has reconstituted in Afghanistan and Afghanistan has become a terrorist haven with $85 billion of our equipment, which is either being used against us or uh, sold on the black market. Uh, they had a big parade in uh, Kabul <clears throat> featuring American military vehicles being driven by Taliban terrorists wearing uh, our uniforms, which adds insult to injury, which is not uncommon. 
from this administration, citing an uh, assessment by the intelligence community. It's just an assessment by the intelligence community. This uh, person, uh, Adrian Watson, says that uh, uh, al-Qaeda does not have a capability to launch attacks against the U.S. or its interests abroad, and uh, that its numbers are dwindling. This on the heels of, most recently, uh, yesterday, 2,000 illegals coming across one border checkpoint, most of them adult males. Most of them adult males of military age. It's just kind of weird how all this happens the week that the dear leader uh, should be celebrating the greatest week of his presidency, if not his life. He is exalted. Light your Joe Biden votive candles and, uh, and turn toward Delaware and kneel on your prayer uh, yoga mat for the dear leader. <clears throat> so... Here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. Another report from uh, Afghanistan on the way. Also, uh, more news from Liz Cheney about to get, uh, uh, well, retired. It's Liz Cheney Retirement Day. And then, of course, all the shenanigans at Mar-a-Lago, including new report that that A.G. Garland waited a couple weeks, a couple weeks for uh, giving the okay to do the raid on Mar-a-Lago, even though the president had nuclear secrets that had to be discovered before he put them through a paper shredder. Yeah, you're being played. Uh, This, my friends, is a Tuesday edition of The Rob Carson Show. In the 60s, we had LBJ. Now, we have FJB. It's The Rob Carson Show. Uh, just so you know, and thoughts and prayers, everybody, uh, the, uh, the the Pfizer chairman and CEO, Albert Borla, who received, uh, it sounds like Warlock a little there. <laughs> it's kind of, I just noticed that. It's kind of weird. Anyway, he received four COVID-19 uh, vaccine shots, uh, tested positive for the illness. It's uh, it's kind of weird. He, there's a, here's a, uh, a quote from him. I'd like to inform the public that I have tested positive for COVID-19. I am grateful to have received four doses of the Pfizer biotech vaccine, and I am feeling well while experiencing very mild symptoms. You ever notice that really high-profile people who have been very, very pro-vaccine have always have extremely mild symptoms like Joe Biden and now Jill Biden? I have started a course of Paxlovid, which is the only uh, treatment really approved by the FDA because it paid uh, Big Pharma a lot of money, like $8 billion. Uh, says, I am isolating in place as well as uh, following all public health uh, precautions which were rescinded by our CDC in the last week because they're ineffective. It's weird. And then uh, here's the uh, CEO of Moderna saying that that company has 60 million doses of COVID vaccine that he's going to have to throw away because nobody wants it. It's, it's sad to say I'm in the process of throwing 30 million doses into the garbage because nobody wants them. Uh, we have a big demand problem. We right now have uh, governments. We try to contact not only Seth, who is doing great work with his team trying to get demand into the country. They couldn't give this crap away. But also we contacted through the Washingtons in, uh, the embassies in Washington, every country, and nobody wants to take them. Ah, oh, sacre bleu. It's almost like the vaccine is mad. Weird. Weird. Uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin had it. 
Uh, I guess yesterday he tested positive. He says, my doctor told me that my fully vaccinated status, including two booster shots, uh, is why symptoms are much less severe than would otherwise be the case. And I don't know if you knew about this or if you know anything about vaccines. That's not true. If that were the case, then I guess I should go in for my third and fourth smallpox shot and my smallpox boosters. But you see, the vaccine for smallpox uh, effectively ended smallpox in the United States. And then the, pol- the, the polio thing also. There was, that, there was that polio thing, that thing that, you know, was related to polio. Yeah. So the uh, White House has circulated a draft of a new uh, memo uh, defending President uh, Biden's decision last August in advance of the House Foreign Affairs Committee entitled A Strategic Failure Assessing the Administration's Afghanistan Withdrawal. I had mentioned this. The uh, spokesperson for the uh, Adrian Watson, the uh, Biden's National Security Council, says that uh, uh, Biden was confronted with a binary choice, although so many of us are saying they're non-binary. When he took office in 2021, ramp up the war and put more Americans at risk or finally end the uh, United States' longest war. Now, it's kind of weird because in uh, 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 Donald Trump's presidency in the last uh, year and a half, there were no uh, deaths of military service people from the United States in Afghanistan. So actually, the status quo would have been the best thing to do. So, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Defiance of Afghan girls one year on from their country's takeover by the Taliban. Taliban, the youngsters who are risking the wrath of the fanatical regime by going to secret schools. And if you do that, tens of thousands of Afghans have fled the country over the last year. Over half the people need urgent humanitarian aid and make poverty. Uh, by the way, uh, poverty is at 94% in Afghanistan. Thanks, dear leader Joe. You're the best. You're the best. Another headline, the law of the jungle, Afghan women live in terror after U.S. withdrawal. Well, why should they care? We have women under attack in this country under what I call psychosexual assault, which has been echoed by other people in the the media. Psychosexual assault is is an assault on you when you disagree of the left's definition of sex including if men want to compete with women, which at this point, if you're still down with men, born men, uh, converting to being women and competing with women, if you're still down with that, honestly, there's no hope for you because there's no intellectual, there's no reasonable defense of that whatsoever. There isn't, even even using hormones for a couple of years. Honestly, please, 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 please. But uh, in case you didn't know, also, it's not only the one-year anniversary of the dear leader's victory in Afghanistan with his withdrawal. Uh, it is uh, Liz Cheney retirement day. And uh, here is uh, uh, Harriet Hegeman, who is running against Liz Cheney uh, in the primary election for Liz Cheney's seat. Anyway, here she is talking about uh, uh, on Sean Spicer's show on Newsmax about Liz Cheney uh, moving on and wanting to run for president. Well, I think she signaled that repeatedly when she goes on the national press, whether it's ABC or 60 Minutes or CNN or whatever it is. The problem that Liz Cheney has is that Liz Cheney doesn't come to Wyoming. She likes talking to the press, as I just indicated, but she doesn't like coming back to Wyoming and talking to those of us. That'd be like if I decided to run for Congress in Iowa. Uh, not going to happen. Who, uh, who live here. 
And so I haven't lived there since 1988. I think that it's very obvious that that's something that she was planning on doing. But it didn't stop Hillary Clinton from running for Senate. Was moving on to something else. I really think that a lot of people in Wyoming feel like she used us from the very beginning. Yeah. So she came back to she came to Wyoming. She bought a second home in Wyoming in 2013. And the property values went down. So that she could run for the U.S. Senate seat. Ah. She dropped out of that pretty quickly because she realized she wasn't going to win it. Mm. And then she came back in 2016 and ran for Congress. But a lot of us... Am um, I seeing a Cheney-Romney ticket in 2024? Uh, no. I've recognized for a long time that this was just merely a stepping stone. Cheney Kinzinger? Uh, no. The problem for her is that I think that her, uh, what her long-term plan was may have gotten cut short because yeah. of what she did with the January 6th committee. There's that. What she did in terms of impeaching President Trump without there, due process. Yeah, her decisions have been pretty poor. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that she may think that she's That's going good. to be able to go on to bigger and better things. Ha! I guess a lot of us feel here that... She could move up to manager at a Walmart. She could. And actually, that would be an insult to Walmart managers. They have much more, uh, you know, going for them than Liz Cheney. Uh, yeah, so we got a little bit more on this. Merrick Garland waited weeks to approve the Mar-a-Lago search warrant. I got a lot of dirt inside of that. Shows one thing, our government is corrupt and you, my friends, are being played. But we're not going to take it anymore. This is the Rob Carson Show. country and aren't down with freedom of speech, maybe you should move down to Cuba. It's the Rob Carson Show. A year into Taliban rule, Afghanistan's economy has collapsed. The United Nations now estimates 97% of Afghans are at risk of falling below the poverty line. The Taliban's controversial and archaic governing style oh, yeah. has increased international isolation, Couldn't see that coming. putting at risk billions of dollars worth of aid that acts as a humanitarian lifeline for this country. Now, it usually just goes to the Taliban. They feed their cronies and the rest of the people starve. That's why so many people are starving. A strict interpretation of Islam is guiding life under Taliban control, making it impossible for a separation between mosque and state. You know, that, that's, that's, uh, that is bizarre. That that report is out here when uh, State Department spokesperson Ned Ryerson, is it Ned Ryerson? Oh no, Ned uh, Ned Price. He, he says the United States is in a uh, a stronger position. Many of us here, if that position is bent over, at the department and across the government, and millions of Americans and Afghans alike are mindful of today's meaning as the 20-year-long U.S. military mission in Afghanistan ended nearly one year ago. I love that scene when Bill Murray punched him in the face in Groundhog Day. Oh, it's that's the wrong, that's the wrong, uh, never mind. Ending the longest war in American history was never going to be easy. But one year later, we are in a stronger position as a country because of the president's decision. Many okay, real quick here, hold on. I, just, that, that, I want the uh, Afghan war veterans. Many of them are my age and younger, by the way. Most of them are, actually. Most of them are my age or younger. Uh, here you go. A year later. We are in a stronger position as a country because of the president's decision. That's really weird because I don't see any uh, Afghan victory parties on the mall today. 
Uh, that's just kind of weird. It's just kind of weird that uh, that our veterans are not celebrating this uh, this glorious occasion of a victory in Afghanistan. I actually, no, it was just a stupid botched withdrawal, and it ruined everything, and it insulted the American people. And uh, and honestly, uh, we all get it. We all completely understand what a bleep show it has been. Let's talk about Mar-a-Lago, shall we? And the FBI raid. Here's Jim Gossett. The FBI, they raided Donald Trump's place. Never been done before. Nothing to see here. Found absolutely nothing. Nuclear secrets. Got egg on their face. I don't know. He's just classified. Yeah. Trashing Trump's home. They left a big mess. Whip through Melania's closet. Did they return her underwear? And grab Merrick Garland a dress. They did return his passports. They broke the law. They broke the law. The worst thing you ever saw. It's the latest FBI crap show. <laughs> that raid on Mar-a-Lago. Yes. <laughs> We're looking at you. Joe. Don't pretend you didn't know. I think his background singers are transgendered. FBI has reached a major low for what went down at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, pretty bad. Hey, Christopher Ray. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if you want to check out, uh, by the way, uh, Jim Gossett's page, it's uh, two S's and two T's, Jim Gossett Comedy. <laughs> Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's famous for sicking the FBI. Literally, we've got the we've got the the memo and everything. The FBI on parents who disagree with CRT, uh, mainly in Northern Virginia, Loudoun, and Fairfax counties. Uh, it's been confirmed. Uh, the Secretary of Education and the White House both involved in it. So that's what the FBI did to parents who just disagree with radical, racist ideology, which isn't being taught in schools. If you listen to Democrats, uh, there's that. <clears throat> And then there's the four uh, uh, Pfizer warrants to surveil Donald Trump's uh, campaign, transition team, and presidency that were uh, lies. So the FBI lied to the Pfizer court to get that. And then they uh, perpetuated the, the Russia collusion hoax for three years, even though they knew at the beginning of the Russia collusion hoax that it was false, it was fake, it was based on a lie. The dossier was discredited almost immediately, and they used it anyway. That FBI is what I'm talking about, by the way. In case there was any fear about the FBI that I'm talking about here. It's the the FBI, certainly, that uh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., uh, he, uh, he highlighted in his television show the FBI that painted all FBI agents as glorious and uh, lovers of country and would never use, uh, you know, Stalin-esque tactics to go after political enemies. That said, Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, reportedly waited uh, weeks to approve the search warrant of uh, President uh, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago private residence, uh, while the established media uh, suggested classified documents related to nuclear weapons were among the items uh, the FBI sought. Uh, It took weeks for Garland to make up his mind on whether to approve the warrant, probably because they needed an auditorium tested or something, and maybe, I don't know. It is according to the Wall Street Journal, not exactly a right-wing rag. The decision had been the subject of weeks of meetings 
meetings before senior Justice Department and FBI officials, the people said. Uh, the Journal reported the warrant allowed agents last Monday to seize classified information and other presidential material from Mar-a-Lago. Going back to 2017, basically everything that the president had accrued since 2017, they took it. That wasn't under the warranty, but they took it anyway. Justice Department filed a motion in court to release the FBI's property receipt of the 28 inventory items, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt agreed to make the search warrant public the next day. And, and of course, he uh, is a leftist judge. He uh, recused himself from a case involving Donald Trump suing Hillary Clinton because he had ties with Hillary Clinton and he's given money to, uh, to Barack Obama, among others. He's a leftist tool. That's why they chose him, by the way. Oh, and the CBS's Nora O'Donnell uh, said that uh, they didn't take the uh, passports that the president of the United States, Donald Trump, said they did. Um, but now she's, uh, she's not commenting on that because the FBI said they took his passports. Yeah. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, the department Monday asked the judge not to make public the affidavit on which the search warrant was based. This is kind of weird. This is the thing that Jenna Ellis talked about yesterday. Because they said, uh, well, uh, release, the, the, uh, release the search warrant. And they thought that Donald Trump would go, no, no, don't do it. And Donald Trump said, yeah, go ahead and release the search warrant. So they did. And then uh, uh, Donald Trump and, uh, and others said, well, release the affidavit that shows what the FBI told the judge to get the search warrant. And they said, release the affidavit. And the FBI said, it's weird. They say that the uh, document contains critically important investigative facts about witnesses and tactics. Tucker Carlson last night uh, came back from vacation, uh, delivered a, an epic monologue. And, and I normally don't like to talk about, uh, uh, you know, my competition. He's not my competition on the radio, but whatever. And, and really not my He's just a good, he's, I, like his, I like his commentary. Here's what he said last night about the, uh, about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Why did this guy have these... Ultra classified documents in the basement of Mar-a-Lago. Uh, oh yeah! By the way, that's what the media parroted for about a second—that they were ultra classified. Because Joe Biden attempted to use "ultra" to describe uh, Trump supporters as ultra MAGA. They said that was negative. This guy hasn't gotten the memo that uh, we don't mind that label at all. It's meaningless. Secured where they could be presumably broken in on, or stolen, or photographed. Why do you wait three weeks? And given to hostage after waiting eighteen months. South foreign powers. Or or conceivably even terrorists. If that is true, yeah. would it justify what happened? Would it justify sending a large team of federal agents to shut down the entire southern tip of Palm Beach to raid Mar-a-Lago on a weekday? Yeah, don't forget about the amphibious uni units and the helicopter. No, it wouldn't. So one of the laws they're telling you that Trump broke doesn't even have criminal penalties attached to it because it's not serious enough. Federal it's almost like they did it because they thought the overwhelming show of force would somehow be portrayed in the media as a positive, which it was. And then the American people would say, yeah, this shows that Donald Trump is a criminal. But the American people have said, nah, I think the FBI is criminal. Militaries don't show up at your house when you violate the Presidential Records Act. And in fact, as we later learned, the actual warrant for the raid, which yeah. was signed by an openly partisan judge who, because you couldn't make any of this up if you tried, yeah. once represented Jeffrey Epstein's side in the famous sure. underage sex case, that judge, that judge allowed the FBI to seize virtually every piece of paper in Donald Trump's house. Now, the bad news is you're being played. The good news is you get it. Let's go to Mike in Baltimore. Hello, Mike, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on, my friend? Hey, Rob, how are you doing? Glorious, man. What's uh, up? We did one... Liz Cheney to run or win tonight. 
because if she loses, she's going to run for president, and she's going to run as an independent, and she will stop Donald Trump. Because all she has to do is get at least 10% of the vote, and she will stop him as an independent. Okay, well, I'm not exactly sure how you want me to react to that. I'm not going to sit around and uh, uh, debate whether or not Liz Cheney is going to die back into the 2024 race and Donald Trump will lose the election. I'm not, I'm not willing to go there yet, Mike, but I do appreciate your postulation. Uh, it certainly is a consideration, albeit uh, I don't think um, one... I, I don't think we can seriously take it right now at this point, but I understand what you're saying, Mike. I'm not meaning to insult yeah. you. I'm just saying, you know, if I sit around and think about all the people who could run as an independent, then I, you know, I, I, it, doesn't, yeah, I, it doesn't do anything. She, she will do it just to stop him. Well, yeah, of I mean, course. She's, she's willing to throw her career away anyway. I know. I understand completely, and I wouldn't put it past her, but, uh, uh, you know, I, thanks for the phone call. I do appreciate it. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who, who technically, you know, sure, we're going to run as an independent to destroy Donald Trump. Well, they'll think of, a, you know, six ways to Sunday to defeat Donald Trump and keep him from running. Let's go to Randall in Pacific Grove, California, the home of glorious KSCO Radio. How you doing, my friend? Hi, yours truly from Peasantville, and as a meager peasant, <laughs> if I'm ignorant about all this COVID stuff. Yes. That's not my fault. It's the fault of the CDC for not informing people. You were spot on about the distancing. Something that the stupids never do, if you notice. They yeah. don't distance. They don't wear masks in the White House. They um, they get COVID. They, they say, well, we're stronger than Trump. That's better than probably beating him up outside the barn. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you you were spot on about that because the way I prevent getting COVID, I use hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wash every time yeah. I do anything. I, uh, no, wait, wait, Randall, Randall, Randall. You, it's almost hands. like you would you would do that also for other illnesses and viruses, maybe the cold or even the flu, Randall. That's kind of strange that well, you'd suggest see, here's, that. Here's what I want to say. I want to also <laughs> touch on what you said about the whole uh, – gender thing yes 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 but before i comment on that oh, you I got a full plate today jackhammer so <laughs> okay. oh, that's all right <laughs> so what i want to say about that yes <laughs> is that uh you know I, I prevent getting covid by doing what i've always done i don't yeah. interact mm-hmm. i do the social distancing like you had said yeah and i don't do the vax and, and you know the amazing thing, Randall. Also, also listen to this. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Sarah Palin said this at the beginning of the virus. She says, "If you're sick, stay home." How, did, how about that, Randall? Yeah. Well, you know, that's <laughs> not going to happen in Washington at the White House or the Capitol. But I want to take a point. You mentioned a term. Uh, what what they do to these children, uh, and uh, I'm reminded of when my grandfather fled the Black Hand before he served under Teddy Roosevelt at San Juan Hill. Wow. And I'm thinking of the, the Romanian Street Holy Police, the Secret Service in Romania. And yeah. I am also want to say that I used to call it, 30 years ago I thought of a term called societal rape. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you had a different term for it, but I call it societal rape, and I've been calling it that for about 30 years. Yeah, well, when it comes to transgenderism, I call it psychosexual assault. Listen, Randall, I got to go. Thanks for the phone call, bro. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show.
I in color. Remember when you used to think the FBI was, uh, I don't know, uh, defenders of justice and uh, all that? Well, not so much anymore. No, not really. In fact, I would consider the uh, raid of Mar-a-Lago to be the icing on the cake as far as the FBI's credibility is concerned. Um, Absolutely unbelievable. The uh, Praetorian Guard is something that has been used over the centuries for those in power, uh, wielding their own private uh, military police force to go after political enemies. Barack Obama portended this in 2008 when he said there needed to be a civilian military as well-funded as the Army. And then Joe Biden's Congress passed an Inflation Reduction Act that's doubling the size of the IRS. And they even went so far as to run an ad looking for new IRS agents. One of the primary qualifications is ability to handle a firearm and be willing to use lethal force. You know why I think the FBI is corrupt? Because I'm not stupid. Yeah, there you go. The Department of Justice has uh, asked a judge to deny the media request to unseal the search warrant affidavit that led to the Mar-a-Lago raid because it would serve as a roadmap to the government's ongoing investigation. Investigation of what? See, you've changed your tune a number of times. Originally it was, oh yeah, the, uh, the National Archives, they called us and they said that uh, he has some confidential stuff and we need to go get that. And then we heard it was nuclear. It was nuclear. He's got nuclear secrets over there. CNN and other media outlets sued the government to get access to the Mar-a-Lago search affidavit. Now, uh, Donald Trump said, yeah, let's see it. I'd like to see it. Why don't you let us see it? It was used to convince the judge that there was probable cause that a crime was being committed at uh, former President Donald Trump's Florida home, even though the attorney general waited three weeks. It'd be like, oh, there's a convenience store robbery. Let's wait three weeks to go bust it up. The DOJ argued making those uh, documents at this juncture would cause significant and irreparable damage to this ongoing criminal investigation that we're making up as we go along. Here's uh, Tucker Carlson again last night talking about the second excuse that the DOJ and the media came up with with regard to an unprecedented raid just like they do in Banana Republics on an ex-president. So what was this raid about? Well, we're keeping track, so here's the second explanation they gave. Now with Donald Trump, suddenly, when we're talking about the possibility of nuclear weapons... It's nuclear. Classified documents of, of, of the highest... Uh, classified status being stolen from the White House and taken to Mar-a-Lago. Just a reminder of why the... Now, realize real quick here that they're not explaining at all what nuclear documents are. Not even in the slightest little bit. Not even, yeah, not even a smidgen. The Justice Department might be a little bit concerned about nuclear secrets knocking around Mar-a-Lago. Two words for you, my friend, two words. Mm -hmm. Nuclear secrets. That's all he needed to hear. End of argument. Mic drop. And then Tucker uh, brought up this that I've been talking about, I don't know, for about a year. So there was an awful lot of posturing in the days after the raid, but none of it was very effective no. because, again, it didn't make sense. Why did it Even happen? propaganda has to add up. Yeah. Two plus two equals nine. 
doesn't convince anybody. And it hasn't. Nuclear secrets? Mm -hmm. If the Biden administration really believed that, if they really thought Donald Trump possessed documents that posed an imminent danger to American national security. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton uh, signed off on a, a Uranium One deal where 25% of our uh, uranium would be given to Russian companies. Then you have to wonder, why'd they wait a year and a half to do anything about it? I don't know it? why. Why did they wait till 90 days before a midterm election? And elections that polls suggest they will lose. It doesn't make a wait. Actually, it does make sense. Aha! What did I tell you? We are just in the infancy. We are in the first trimester of the left's attempt to overthrow the election of 2022 and prevent Donald Trump from running again. There you go. That's when you drop the mic. But don't worry. I have more. I'll pick it up. I'll dust it off. And we'll have more on the Rob Carson Show in a second. Hey guys, it's Carson. Zenith Firearms is an American-owned and operated company based in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Central Virginia. Initially founded in 2014, Zenith built its reputation for superb customer service through firearm and ammunition imports. With many years of expertise in the platform, Zenith is now proudly manufacturing its own line of U.S.-made roller-delayed blowbacks. Zenith provides the American people with a premium product made right here in the United States, starting with the introductory model, the ZF-5. Newly released in 2022, the ZF-5 is based on the most popular and iconic 9mm submachine gun, the MP-5. While the ZF-5 is available immediately, Zenith's three compact personal defense models are available for pre-order and will begin shipping later this year. Zenith proudly supports our nation's military, law enforcement, and responsibly armed citizens protecting the Second Amendment. Check out Zenith Firearms at zenithfirearms.com. That's zenithfirearms.com, or like and subscribe to their social media pages. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, number hour number two. Hour number two of the show. First hour, pretty epic. And I promise you that this hour will be much epicer. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so the FBI did this massive raid on Mar-a-Lago. It was unprecedented in American history. It was uncalled for. It was unprecedented. It is outside the uh, bounds of decency and decorum. It was something that had, would have never been done to another uh, ex-president in the United States, but he is the political enemy of the state. That's why it happened. Uh, I'm really quite uh, uh, finished debating this with uh, unintelligent people who, uh, who are down with all of the abuses that the FBI has suffered on conservatives. So I'll just tell those of you who, uh, you know, are like uh, Joe Scarborough, um, uh, you know what? Whiz off. Just, just whiz off. Uh, tired of this, tired of being played, you're tired of being played, you get it, you understand it. I'm going to explain uh, why, again, another, another reason why you're not being, uh, why you're, you know you're being played is that 12% of Americans believe that the uh, Inflation Reduction Act will actually reduce inflation. You get it. You understand that you're being ruled against your will. You understand when you read polls that 85% of the American people say the country is going the wrong direction, uh, that, that, that's why that number rolled around. That's why that number showed. 
because that would mean that uh, 12% of Americans believe it'll actually uh, reduce inflation as they said it would, even though the bill has nothing to do with reducing inflation, only to uh, pour money into the coffers of green energy donors. To restrict uh, agriculture, by the way, there's this idiotic uh, guidance that they're offering. Uh, it's called uh, agricultural justice or environmental justice for advoc- a- agriculture. You farmers, uh, my, my friends and brothers in Iowa and other states, um, you're, you're about to get scrawed like the Netherlands. So you know. Just, just wanted you to know. Things are about to get all sorts of expensive for you, as though it hasn't already with the price of fuel and fertilizer. So, uh, you know, you understand that you're being played. And it's kind of funny because um, after this raid on Mar-a-Lago, which the FBI was certain and Joe Biden was certain, and yeah, I think you knew about it, please. He's on vacation this week for a reason. He's avoiding a whole lot of heat for a whole lot of stuff. And he really doesn't know what the hell's going on, to be quite honest. But anyway, that said, they were convinced that a heavy-handed raided, raid by the FBI, that everybody would rah-rah. They would say, oh, Ephraim Zemlis Jr. was right. The FBI is awesome. We place all of our faith in the great institution of the FBI. Yay, FBI. Ooh, look at them with their helicopter and their, uh, and their amphibious troops and the 40, uh, 40 uh, FBI agents going into the former president's home with guns drawn. That's going to show that Donald Trump has something to hide. When actually it just showed and just finally uncovered the FBI is nothing more than the Praetorian Guard for Democrats. Three in five Republican voters say they would support Donald Trump in 2024 if the presidential primary was held today. The highest number recorded since his loss uh, when the election was stolen in 2020. Trump's support in a hypothetical 2024 primary increased from 54% to 58% on August the 10th, reflecting a surge of support after news broke about the FBI raid. They would call this, my friends, a mega-turbo backfire. Here is Piers Morgan and Bill Maher talking about the ramifications of such a raid if they found out that... uh, you know, they weren't uh, doing what they were said they were going to do when they raided. In the end, look, it comes down to what is in these, these boxes they've seized. If it turns out to be the real deal, if it turns out that Donald Trump has violated the Espionage Act, that is a serious crime. But if and any, he should be held to account. Okay. But, Bill, if he doesn't, if it doesn't turn out to be... And it's going to turn out that way. That, I are, mean, this way. ...legitimate questions, I think, from the Trump supporters yeah. about the different standards applied to Donald Trump as have been applied to Hillary yeah. Clinton... And other freedom-loving Americans. To James Comey, to Hunter Biden, and the others. And that is the problem with when you take a massive sledgehammer like this unprecedented sledgehammer, you've got to deliver. Now, remember when uh, 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 Rachel Maddow for a couple of years uh, spouted that there was FBI or there was collusion between Russia and Donald Trump. And the FBI knew there wasn't. They knew that the, uh, the, the dossier that Hillary Clinton literally paid, I mean, really, her campaign paid for it. She paid a fine for paying for it. 
this this is uh, this uh, British intelligence report that showed that uh, Donald Trump liked uh, hookers who peed in his hotel room. And it was weird. That should have just set up a red uh, flare there. But that, that aside, Hillary Clinton paid for it, paid for it to affect the, the election of 2016. We know that's true. It's absolutely irrefutable. If anybody else, if the president really is not a... But the FBI went ahead and used it to go to the FISA court and lie to them and get uh, Donald Trump's campaign... Uh, uh, transition team and presidency surveilled. Do you not get it? Dear God in heaven. The law. If anybody else walked out of the White House yeah. with that amount of classified information. Well, Barack it, Obama, Hillary Clinton. Even if it wasn't that top, top, top level stuff. The ultra secret. Be in jail. Yep. Yeah. He is the luckiest man in the world. His fortune was finally falling. No. The big lie was yeah. finally losing momentum. He's absolutely wrong about that. Uh, this is where Bill Maher shows he's absolutely out of touch with average Americans. DeSantis was beating him in the polls. This is why it takes him two years to repeat things that I say uh, two years ago. You know who hates this more than anybody? DeSantis. DeSantis, yeah. DeSantis like, I had this in the bag and now no, I got... No, he doesn't. This is all Falderall. What he's saying there is absolute nonsense. What, what Bill Maher is saying, he really doesn't understand. This is the, the glory of, of, you know, becoming a nationally syndicated talk show host at, at mid-50s as opposed to, uh, you know, being on Comedy Central for decades uh, and HBO like Bill Maher. He's, he lives in a gated community, he smokes weed every day, uh, party that the Playboy Mansion has no freaking clue about what's going on in the world until he suddenly... Uh, develops a modicum of common sense with regard to a host of different issues. And then when he talks like that, he exposes how uh, uh, wholly unplugged he is from reality. Here's uh, Jim Jordan actually talking about uh, the, uh, the wrath that's coming from the FBI because actually there are some good people uh, in the FBI who are not going to go down with this ship. Understand the template here. The template never changes with these guys. It's the left creates a lie. Big media, mainstream press reports the lie, big tech amplifies the lie, and then when we try to tell the truth, they call us names and try to cancel us and tell us and tell the world that, oh, we're the ones not, not being square with them. Uh, so the country, though, the good news is they figured it out, and I'll tell you who else has figured it out. You're not being played anymore. Trey, and you and John, with your background in law enforcement, appreciate this. 14 FBI agents. This is a Trey Gowdy show, by the way. Come to our office as whistleblowers, and they are good people. I'm sorry, what did you say about whistleblowers? Our office as whistleblowers. Appreciate this. 14 FBI agents have come to our office as whistleblowers, and they are good people. There are lots of good people in the FBI. It's the top that's the problem. But the, some of these good agents are coming to us telling us this is baloney what's going on. It's about time. The political nature now of the Justice Department, God bless them for doing it, coming and talking to us about the school board issue, about a whole host of issues. I mean, it's becoming a well-worn trail of agents who say this has got to stop. And thank goodness for them, and thank goodness that the American people recognize it and i believe they're going to make a big change on november 8th you know it makes you kind of wonder why merrick garland waited three weeks to uh, authorize the search of mar-a-lago i think it's because he uh, he wanted to kind of uh i don't know uh poke around, see if the FBI still had credibility as a legitimately uh, unbiased law enforcement agency. And he's about as plugged in as Bill Maher, and he said, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Uh, here is Tucker on uh, all the things that have happened since Donald Trump left office. It's almost like a political witch hunt you normally see in the third world. Over the last 18 months, virtually every significant figure in the orbit around Donald Trump has been swept up by Merrick Garland's Department of Justice. Their homes 
saturated, their personal communications seized and leaked to the media. Some have been arrested and thrown in jail. Donald Trump's lawyers are the primary targets. Today, the DOJ subpoenaed Eric Hirschman. He represented Trump during the first impeachment. Wow. Hirschman never worked in the White House counsel's office. The Biden administration is going after him anyway because he gave legal advice to his client, Donald Trump. Dragnet. That used to be allowed. People used to be allowed to have lawyers and speak to them privately, but that's not allowed anymore. Yeah. That's why the CIA seized attorney-client records from Mar-a-Lago. It's also why the DOJ is now directly targeting Trump's most prominent personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. For years, the feds have been going after Giuliani's associates, including a man called George Dixon. Dixon was working on a documentary about Hunter Biden. Last year, the FBI raided his home in California. Abuses and usurpations. The feds also broke into Giuliani's own apartment, as well as his office in New York. Then the FBI targeted a Giuliani associate called Igor Fruman because he dug up evidence of misconduct by Joe Biden in Ukraine. That's kind of crazy. Prison. I, I, I don't really remember a whole hell of a lot about life when the Soviet Union was around. I, they, they fell when I graduated from college. I mean, I followed it and all that, but uh, I didn't really pay attention to the secret police thing and the Stasi and, uh, you know, I could go on and on. And, and then, you uh, know, all of a sudden it makes sense. Here's Dan Bongino, somebody I've known for many years. Uh, talking about what the FBI is doing to Donald Trump associates. Why would it be impossible if the exact same people who coordinated Spygate, the exact same people who hid the Hunter Biden stuff, the exact same people who were involved in the impeachment hoax? And the uh, they all are, by the way. He's exactly right. There is a thread connecting all three of the aforementioned. DOJ, the exact same people involved in this hoax, the Mar-a-Lago national security raid. Why? What makes you believe they wouldn't do it? Here he mentions two of the people who are involved. Who are they? Who is John Carlin? Who is Lisa Monaco? These are Justice Department officials now who were involved in this thing now. Yeah. It's kind of weird because a lot of people are being kicked off Twitter. Uh, journalists, it's, it's funny. FBA agents in the Trump radar under criminal investigation by John Durham for abusing their power in the Trump Russia probe. That's messed up. Dan Bongino just mentioned this. Uh, yeah, Paul Sperry was uh, suspended from Twitter earlier this week, well, last week, uh, after he revealed the FBI, FBI may have a personal stake and searched for do- classified documents related to Spygate. This is kind of funny. Investigators reportedly met back in June with Trump and his lawyers in Mar-a-Lago, the storage room, to survey documents, and things seemed copacetic. Then the FBI raids weeks later. Speculation on the Hill as FBI had a personal stake in searching for classified documents related to the Spygate scandal. Investigative uh, journalist Paul Sperry said Tuesday last week before he got suspended from Twitter. And in just a second, I've got some evidence that Twitter suspended uh, another um, journalist uh, and they actually worked with uh, the White House. Joe Biden told them to suspend them and they did did so quite dutifully. Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. I've got more on that on the way. If you want to chime in on any of these things, 800-922-6680. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. To all the Brandons out there, we salute you and say, let's go, Brandon. It's The Rob Carson Show. The FBI is beyond redemption. It, it All of its bureaus... And its institutions have to be farmed out and broken up. If you have a warrant, an FBI warrant, there's no guarantee Susan that. Rice, Obama, Paul Pelosi's mama, Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, what are the Dems hiding? 
north of the Florida Keys. There's a place called Mar-a-Lago. Garland told his thugs to go and raid the president's home. Nuclear secrets! We've seen this before. Hidden in Melania's wardrobe. They're starting a civil war. Passports! They'll be falling like flies on the morning of November 8th. Come on! In spite of Mar-a-Lago. Impeachment indictment that gives the Dems excitement. Search warrants for charges. Conservatives are targets. And Congress and D.C. Dems are throwing feces. They raided Mar-a-Lago. They got there fast and then they took it slow. <laughs> they reached an all-time low. You know, it's kind of weird how uh, how things happen, and uh, you know, a lot of people are worried about the uh, 2022 midterm because you know all the cheating and stuff that happened in 2020. Los Angeles County Monday said that over 27 percent of the signatures submitted on uh, petitions to recall crooked leftist district attorney George Gaston were invalid. It's weird. That is so weird. So the, the, the petition to uh, get this jackweed out of office apparently is being uh, rescinded because, uh, yeah, because 27% of the signatures uh, were invalid. And, and it's kind of odd because 1% of mail-in ballots were invalid in 2020. The county reported that it rejected 195,000 of those 715,000 signatures, roughly 27%. A reason given included that some uh, voters were found to be unregistered. They looked at this with a with a microscope, unlike what they did in 2020. Incorrect addresses were given, or they're just making it up. Or uh, signatures did not match those on file. Sure, you bet. 2020, the, the county reported less than 1% of the 3,422,585 vote-by-mail ballots submitted were rejected. The test for the validity of ballots is similar to that of petitions involving checking signatures and addresses. That's just kind of funny. Yeah. 99.38% of vote-by-mail ballots were accepted in 2020, uh, but not this time. No, 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 no. It's almost like we're being played. And, yeah, we are. We know that uh, Paul Sperry, suspended from Twitter, said that... uh, 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 he's the, the, some of the FBI agents in Mar-a-Lago are under investigation by the special counsel, John Durham. Sources say the FBI agents and officials who were involved in the raid on President Trump's home uh, work in the same counterintelligence division of the FBI that investigated Trump in the Russia collusion hoax, which was found to be fraudulent, and are actively under criminal investigation by special counsel John Durham for potentially abusing their power investigating Trump and the Russian fraud and uh, therefore have a potential conflict of interest and should have been recused from participating in the supposed espionage investigation of Mar-a-Lago. Washington Post said the FBI was so urgent that the U.S. government waited for more than a year and a half after Trump left office to search for records related to nuclear weapons. And then, of course, uh, uh, U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt signed off on the search on August 5th. The FBI didn't conduct the raid until August the 8th, and he apparently was... um, a tool of uh, the Democrat Party who recused himself from a case involving Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump just three weeks earlier. 
if this is such an urgent matter, and it wasn't, then why did the FBI wait several days until they descended on Trump's home? By the way, Breitbart published the names of the FBI agents who signed off on the raid, and they were involved uh, and are under criminal investigation by the John Durham uh, Council. So there you go. And Bill Barr appointed John Durham as special counsel for Crossfire Hurricane in October. Uh, Attorney General Bill Barr appointed U.S. General uh, Attorney uh, John Durham as a special counsel in October tasked with investigating the Crossfire Hurricane investigation targeting the Trump campaign and administration. Barr told the AP about the appointment in an interview Tuesday, saying, uh, last Tuesday, he uh, wanted to give protection to Durham's investigation regardless of the outcome of the election. Durham was initially appointed by Barr in 2019 to investigate the Russia collusion hoax, which was a hoax. Uh, and so far has only produced one guilty plea. Former uh, lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith, who pled guilty last August to one felony count of making a false statement over altering a government email in the Carter Page investigation. Attorney General Will Barr, Bill Barr, uh, has given extra protection to the prosecutor he appointed to investigate the origins of the Trump-Russia probe, giving him the authority of a special counsel to complete his work without easily being fired. So, there's a lot of shenanigans going on. Senior justice official told the AP that although the order details that it is a uh, it is including but not limited to crossfire hurricane in the investigation of special counsel Robert S. Mueller III, the Durham probe is not expanded. The official said the line specifically relates to FBI personnel who worked on the Russia investigation before the May 27th appointment appointment by Mueller. And by the way, the FBI went after documents going back to 1970 or uh, 2017, not not to 1917. That was when Joe Biden was born uh, to 2017 it's kind of weird kind of strange how this happens it's like you're almost being played and you know it too that's the great thing you know it you get it uh, we've got some more including an ex-special agent of the fbi who feels threatened by the agency he used to belong to plus joe you hold on you'll be up next as a caller on this tuesday edition of the rob carson show don't go anywhere Next hour, gubernatorial candidate from uh, Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, joins us on uh, on the phone. I've known Doug now for a while, going on a couple of years, and a uh, pretty uh, impressive man. He, uh, I was just looking at his bio. Listen, Eagle Scout, worked as a paperboy janitor, security guard, short order cook, uh, joined the Army in 1986, served behind the Iron Curtain, uh, served along East German and Czech soldiers uh, on the border there, witnessed the end of the Cold War, deployed to Iraq Operation Desert Storm to uh, liberate Kuwait. His regiment led the attack against Saddam Hussein's uh, Republican Guard. He was part of that, kicked ass, took names, most of those names. Muhammad, weird that way. Anyway, Doug went on to serve in Washington, D.C., 3rd Infantry Division, U.S. Army, uh, 9-11 was a lead planner for the operation to invade Iraq via Turkey. Four years with NATO. I mean, I can go on and on. Ph.D. in history and, uh, and a hell of a good guy. Uh, and, by the way, a constitutional conservative and, and, and uh, Trump endorsed. So he's going to join us at the bottom of next hour to talk about a, a number of things, including today's anniversary of our disastrous withdrawal by Joe Biden uh, from Afghanistan. So we're going to do that. Let's go to Joe in Center, no, Catonsville, no, Centerville, Maryland. Centerville, Maryland. How you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. What's up? 
I'm happy to. I was uh, wondering why when they lied to them five court judges, what's that called? Yeah. Well, I said, what's that called when you lied to a, a judge, them five court judges? Well, um, it's called lying to a judge. <laughs> uh, I'll just no, tell you. They, 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 they got a stem court. How well, they've got them a- judges. How come them judges never held anybody accountable and they knew all that stuff about Trump was lies? Well, they either uh, knew about it or they were, they were woefully ignorant of it. Uh, they didn't do any make any effort whatsoever to look into the uh, the dossier. Uh, as far as why the judges aren't being held accountable, is nobody's holding them to account because uh, Democrats are in charge. That's what well, I figured. They were all appointed Democratic judges. Well, uh, Donald Trump did appoint a lot of uh, Democrat judges, but, you know, it's amazing what, you know, agencies like the FBI do. They uh, they judge shop like they did in Florida. Thanks for the call, Joe. Do appreciate it. Do appreciate it. You know, you got Paul Sperry suspended from Twitter when he revealed the FBI may have a personal stake and search for classified documents related to Spygate. Now, this is this is true. He, He posted this and Twitter took down his account. Now, what the hell business does Twitter have? Shutting down a discussion about what the FBI may or may not have been looking for. What the hell difference does that make? Why would the FBI be involved? Well, it looks like the uh, the FBI, or I should say the Biden team, is working with Twitter to silence conservative thought. Uh, Alex Berenson said Friday that internal Twitter communications show the Biden administration privately urged the social media platform to ban him from the site before they did so. This is illegal, by the way. This is 100% illegal. This is Soviet-style stuff, guys. Now, if you had any questions about why Facebook and Twitter and YouTube would take down so many conservative thoughts, videos, and otherwise... It's not only because they have a political bent, but it looks like, as some had predicted in 2020, that the social media giants are working in tandem with Democrats and now the Biden administration. Mr. Berenson, the prominent critic of the COVID-19 response in the United States, which I have too, by the way, and I got taken off of YouTube for a video that I reposted with Robert Kennedy Jr. about a year ago. Uh, It published the internal Slack messages of Twitter employees that he said obtained from a lawsuit he filed over his suspension from Twitter. The messages include Twitter employees discussing a meeting with President Biden's team in 2021. They also show a Twitter employee saying the White House had, quote, one really tough question about why Alec Berenson hasn't been kicked off the platform. Okay? All right? They really wanted to know about Alex Berenson, a Twitter employee wrote. Andy Slavitt suggested they had seen data uh, that had showed he was the epicenter of disinformation that radiated outward to the persuadable public. Disinformation, that's that thing I've been talking about that Joseph Stalin coined in 1923 that now the U.S. government is parroting verbatim. And, and we, we defeated it, but, but by the way, the FBI, they want it back. I'll explain that in a second. Mr. Berenson said Twitter suspended him approximately four months after the company's meeting with the White House. That is just nuts. 
Here is Mr. Berenson talking about being banned from Twitter. Uh, back, he, he's back on Twitter, by the way. Now he is, that he's launched a massive lawsuit against them and the Biden administration. I'm going to sue uh, the White House. I think I have a, like, a, a proof um, that they did violate my First Amendment rights. Uh, that they forced Twitter to act as a state actor, in other words, as, you know, essentially an arm of the federal government. An arm of the intelligentsia. This is like classic. I mean, this is like show, uh, you know, like, uh, textbook Soviet Union kind of stuff. Uh, yes. I have more documents. Um, I obtained these documents as part of a lawsuit. I'm going to have more documents to release soon. Um, but uh, I think what I've already shown is enough that this case will survive a motion to dismiss and we'll get to discovery and depositions and people inside. Aren't you getting tired of this crap? I am. And outside the White House are going to face some very uncomfortable questions, probably not just about me, but about other people, you know, who've been deplatformed in the last year or two uh, by Twitter. Time magazine bragged about the 2020 election and the collaboration between the mainstream media, big social media, and Democrats. They bragged about it. I've got the article. It's over here in this drawer. I'll have to get it out again. They bragged about it. It happened. It's still happening, Alex Berenson. It became clear over the summer that the federal government was going to push for mandates. They were going to push for boosters. Those were unpopular steps and a sort of an admission that the vaccines weren't working that well. But you couldn't say anything about it on social media because the Biden administration was working hand in hand with Twitter and Facebook to shut down what they called disinformation, which has never been uh, anything but dissent. That was a real problem for the federal government. They didn't like me, and they didn't like other skeptics. And Twitter and Facebook and other, you know, those two especially pushed hard to deplatform us. And I think we're going to see exactly how close the communication was. I mean, we've already seen that, but we're going to see a lot more. Abuses and usurpations. Abuses and usurpations. I'm making that into a T-shirt. I'm going to sell it on my site where I have a bunch of swag featuring some of my, uh, my popular sayings on the show, including don't catch the stupid and dissent is not disinformation. The next one is, uh, is uh, usurpations. Yeah. Anyway, uh, U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the DHS, that came up with the concept of the Disinformation Bureau, which they actually had somebody hired for, and they were ready to go forward on until it was found out when uh, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas uh, disclosed it in a meeting about uh, the southern border that he has failed on. U.S. Department of uh, uh, Disinformation, the DHS, uh, Inspector General Joseph Kafari sent an internal memo this week recommending the agency establish a unified strategy, quote, to counter disinformation campaigns and efforts that appear on social media. The memo, part of an audit conducted by Kufari's office, comes to the heels, comes on the heels of the DHS's decision in May to pause its newly established disinformation governance board. Starting in 2018, the federal government began notifying social media platforms and local law enforcement, quote, when voting-related disinformation appeared on social media. Uh, at that point, it was up to the platforms or law enforcement to take further action. 
a different working group established a year later employed dozens of government workers dedicated, quote, dedicated to creating analytical products about disinformation and countering all types of disinformation to be responsive to current events. Um, disinformation is anything outside of the narrative painted by the state. That's why Joseph Stalin coined it in 1923 and used it to great effect to destroy his political enemies. The Inspector General's audit found DHS does not yet have a unified strategy or top-down guidance from the Secretary to mitigate disinformation. They want to crush the First Amendment. That's what this is about. Without a unified strategy, DHS faces limited communication and awareness among its components, restrictions, and confusion over which DHS component should lead specific efforts to counter disinformation. Uh, the DHS has no bleeping business leading specific efforts to counter disinformation. In other words, things that the DHS wants to cover up. A more unified strategy is also needed to mitigate the, the threat of civil unrest from disinformation that may spread rumors about COVID-19 vaccines or increase fear about food and supply shortages, among other things. So you can't talk about all the things that are happening to the country. And they wanted to stop you from talking about the FBI raid. They went after one reporter about that. And it's kind of interesting because Donald Trump yesterday, it's reported he wrote Merrick Garland. He says, we've got to do something to bring down the temperature in the country after the raid because people are angry and they want answers. And Donald Trump didn't get a response from Merrick Garland. Uh, here's what Tucker had to say about it last night, though. We are, um, we are on a precipice. And that means that we are at this point on the edge of something unprecedented and something awful. You could feel it. Even Donald Trump feels it. Maybe for the first time in his life, Donald Trump seems sincerely interested in lowering the temperature, not just for his own sake, but for the country's. He said that. He's never said anything like that. Maybe he doesn't mean it, but when has he ever said that? I can feel it. Can you guys? Yep. Let's all calm down a little, he said the other day. This isn't good. Yeah, he's right. You cannot calm down when there are abuses and usurpations it's not like we've never seen before good and not just for him for all of us this could get very bad very fast and the biden people know that perfectly well they know what could happen if they continue down this path i told you they're picking a fight they want to start a war then they can blame you for it that's passive aggression Tucker said last night that that is a uh, weapon used by the left. I have said that the left operates using passive aggression. Of using law enforcement to cling to power. But they don't care because they're facing a repudiation from voters and they're desperate and they'll do anything. But at what cost? Pray they pull back before it's too late. All right. You feel it, right? You feel anger and frustration. You look at what's happening to our economy, to our lives. We know that all of this has been created by Joe Biden, the Democrat Party. All of the, all of the conflict surrounding Donald Trump from the day that he stepped on the escalator to announce his candidacy. He has suffered untold slings and arrows. You as well. You've been called every name in the book.
the FBI has literally sicked agents on you if you disagree with critical race theory and radical transgender ideologies, sex and sexuality being taught your kids. You can feel it. It's real. It's a matter of how big they're going to try to make it. Uh, your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is a Tuesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Back in a sec. Joe Biden's first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. There's a lot of talk about an American revolution, a second American revolution. If you mention that on your uh, social media, there's been at least one Republican uh, member of Congress who's been approached by the FBI for quoting the Declaration of Independence. I like to use the words uh, abuses and uh, usurpations because we are experiencing those to the nth degree. That was uh, one of the lines from the Declaration of Independence. And... Um, If you think about what a revolution entails, it entails changing a regime or a governmental process or ideology, right? This is a a, a quote that I, I guess, from a speech from Barack Obama, and I I shared this. I want you to listen to it carefully, and and then I'm going to explain to you how uh, maybe we've already, uh, we're in the middle of a revolution. It's not over because you haven't stopped fighting. But there has been a shift, and I'll explain that in just a second. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing. And make sure that the media is in your pants. That citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, check, in check. political institutions, check. in each other, check. Well, no. In the possibility of truth, the game's won. There you go. Well, we haven't lost faith in each other. I mean, sure, I've lost faith in the left. I mean, forget about it. They're over. They're done. But I haven't lost faith in you, and I certainly hope you haven't lost faith in me because I'm not going to ever stop fighting. Ever, ever, ever. This is Cash Patel. He worked closely with uh, Donald Trump. He has suffered enormous cost uh, physically, not physically, but uh, uh, legally, financially, because of the witch hunt uh, by the FBI since Joe Biden took office. He is a former national security prosecutor in the national security division where this case is being run out of. It's talking about the raid on Mar-a-Lago and tying it into the other uh, things that the FBI is involved in, including January the 6th. No surprise that the likes of John Carlin, who was the assistant Assistant Attorney General for National Security, who authorized the Russiagate hoax to begin with, is now the number three official at DOJ. And Lisa Monaco is the wow. number two official who was his superior back then. These folks... It's and like they're being moved around, you know? It's kind of funny that way. This is, a, this is the thing I want to stress with. Now that this is a, quote-unquote, ongoing FBI counterintelligence investigation, they will come out to the American public and be able to say ongoing CI investigation, you will never be allowed to see the Russiagate docs. Aha! 
or any other docs that wow. President Trump lawfully declassified, and they will hide it from the public. And Congress has a monumental lift ahead of them. Come November, they better start subpoenaing these documents immediately. Absolutely. Now, here's uh, Victor Davis Hanson, who, by the way, could read a Hallmark uh, 50th birthday card, and I'd be like, transfixed. I'd play it the next day. I swear to God, I would. He'd be like, oh, my God, he said, happy birthday, Grandma. Did you hear how he said that? Victor Davis Hanson is a god. Here he is talking about how, uh, well, uh, the revolution is happening. Well, I don't think we're a republic anymore. I would say that uh, we're in a transition to a radical democracy. And by that, I mean that what anybody wants to do on any given day, if they have the power of the votes, they do it. Ah. So we don't respect uh, immigration law. People in the administration want to, to get rid of it and make the border open, they do it. If you want to f have a warrant for a particular uh, FBI operation, you can find a judge and you do it. So th what I'm getting at, Mark, is if you have an agenda and you feel you have elected power, yep. you don't respect any guardrails or prohibitions that, ah. that Constitutional Republic <laughs> set up to prevent yeah. the abuse of of power. So on any given day, this administration can do what they want. Yeah, like uh, hiring 87,000 new IRS agents against the will of the American people. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy, right? Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is Rob Carson Show. It's a big day. Today is Liz Cheney retirement day. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. She's going to be done in Congress because, you know, she's awful. She's a rhino and she's a liar. Uh, other than that, she's great. She's absolutely done a great job for the people of Wyoming. Um, and then, of course, uh, today is the anniversary of the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And I'm just going to say, because I already did a big uh, rave on it the first, uh, the first hour, if you would please check out the podcast. It's called the Rob Carson Show Podcast. All you got to do is go to newsmaxtv.com slash podcast for the digital platforms. And I want you to know, in, in all seriousness, for those of you who served in the military, those of you who spent time in Afghanistan, those of you who knew someone who died in front of your eyes, while you were in Afghanistan, fighting for a people you never met before. For those of you who came back with PTSD, like my nephew, and watched his best buddy get blown up in front of him. And to those of you who came back missing limbs and missing eyes, I just want you to know, I realize the magnitude of this day for you. And I will tell you, while we have a, a man who uh, conveniently decided to extend his vacation through today, that the lion's share of the American people remember. They know this was a horrific injustice done to you first. To the people of Afghanistan second. And certainly also included that group, Americans and our allies left behind to suffer possible imprisonment and death. We're thinking about you guys. We're not getting played. Don't worry. We're not, we're not moving the needle on where we feel about this withdrawal. We know it was awful, the worst defeat America has ever suffered, and it wasn't because of you. 
You had it in charge. You were making it happen with one Air Force base. You were able to do it. With your blood, sweat, and tears, you did it. And it took the jackass in the White House, who's never been right about anything regarding foreign policy, it took him to undo what you did. So this isn't on you. I want to get into the other big lie of the day, which just happens to be the Inflation Reduction Act in just a second. I, I had played uh, Victor Davis Hanson from earlier saying that we had already become a radical democracy where the people in charge just can demand everything and force it through against your will, kind of like the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. And, and here's what uh, VDH, I call him VDH, Victor Davis Hanson had to say about uh, the revolution we're in. And, uh, and what's coming? The Constitution, that was, as it was envisioned to pre prevent these hysterias, these outbreaks of craziness, and they, the founders knew that they would occur. I don't think that it's working right now to stop it. So we have a transgender radical ideology, CRT, uh, sex and sexuality of children in schools, COVID, uh, mania, uh, what's going on in the border. I can go on and on, kids. Mass hysteria. I don't know what the cause was. Maybe George Floyd's aftermath, maybe the quarantine, maybe long-term uh, takeovers of our major institutions. But we're in a revolutionary situation. So we've got, on one hand, the January 6th committee. It's kind of like the Committee of Public Safety in the French Revolution. It's out to destroy a particular person, Donald Trump. And I think Dick Cheney more or less made that clear when he gave that, made that uh, commercial for his daughter that she's not there to adjudicate in a disinterested fashion uh, what happened, but to go after and destroy a, a political rival or political candidate. So yeah, well, I think we're in a revolutionary period right now, and I don't know how long it's going to go on until we stop it and bring back constitutional guardrails and, and uh, protocol. And we have to. And I, I was thinking about, I try to crystallize, distill this, uh, you know, squirrel running around between my ears into uh, a thought. The USSR has fallen in 1989. Uh, the same year Tiananmen Square happened. It was also the same year that I uh, started on the air as a broadcast professional. And I watched Berlin Wall, the fall of the peaceful fall of the Berlin Wall, and I thought, this is amazing. This is the defeat of tyranny, the fall, finally, of the Soviet Union, which had been a worldwide threat for decades. And then I saw Tiananmen Square, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to cross the other ocean, and, and uh, perhaps the communist Chinese government is going to fall, too. And then the lights went out one night, and then the next morning the world changed because all of the protesters were gone, and the media, all the news was blacked out, and we find out that all of those protesters in Tiananmen Square were tank tread fodder. They were crushed to death. They were murdered. They were slaughtered. They were burned. They were blown up. They were shot, and their bones were washed into the storm drains as a final insult. That happened in 1989. And I thought about the USSR and China and Cuba and North Korea, and none of them have ever had a First and Second Amendment, which you would think First and a Second Amendment, that would be the, the ability to assemble and uh, freedom of speech and expression and uh, that, and then combined with being able to arm yourself against enemies foreign and domestic, that, you know, that's, that's what 
I think what we're teetering on and what is those two amendments have made us the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. And then I looked at what the left is attacking right now. The First and Second Amendment. Everything they've done for the last five years has been an attack on the First and Second Amendment. COVID was a perfect time to really attack on the First Amendment. You can't go to church. You've got to shut down your business. You can't associate with people. You can't share your thoughts on COVID online. If you say something about it in the media, you'll be ignored. Yeah. And then I realized how tenuous that the First and Second Amendment are and how the Bill of Rights really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's on very dangerous ground. And I found this soundbite from Antonin Scalia from the Supreme Court about the Bill of Rights. Freedom of speech, freedom of the press, no unreasonable searches and seizures, no quartering. Oh, that's the, that's the next thing that's under attack. And that started like months ago, but really last Monday at Mar-a-Lago. Troops in hope, those marvelous provisions of the Bill of Rights. But then I tell them... If- if you think that a Bill of Rights is what sets us apart, you're crazy. What? Every banana republic in the world has a Bill of Rights. Just words on paper. Mm. What, what our framers would have called a parchment guarantee. Oh. And the reason is that the real constitution of the Soviet Union, you think of the word constitution, it doesn't mean a bill, it means structure. Say a person has a sound constitution, has a sound structure. The real constitution of the Soviet Union, which is what our framers debated that, that, that whole summer in Philadelphia in 1787. They didn't talk about the Bill of Rights. That was an afterthought, wasn't it? That constitution of the Soviet Union did not prevent the centralization of power ah. in one person or in one party. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, the game is over. The Bill of Rights is just what our framers would call a parchment guarantee. Wow. That's fairly timely, ain't it? Let's go to uh, Sonny in Glidden, Bernie, Maryland. Hello there, Sonny, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Good morning. Good afternoon. Yes. Uh, the raid on Mar- Mar-a-Lago was not necessary. Yes. Everything the FBI took was already under government control, guarded by arms, Secret Service agents. A phone call could have got them to pack up this stuff and send it anywhere they wanted. It was a waste of taxpayer money. Uh, It was a political theater, and that's it. Well, it was that, Sonny, I'll give you that, but it also was a a fishing expedition. It was meant to be, the the reason why they made it so dramatic was because they wanted to send some sort of message that uh, no one is above the law and the FBI is always right. Well, what it did was it showed how uh, very close to the Gestapo the FBI has become. And now we're beginning to realize that uh, that their their, uh, reasoning for doing the raid has shifted from uh, uh, classified records, uh, an order sent by the National Archives to nuclear secrets uh, that is shifted and now we found that it was an all out uh, basically uh, uh, fishing expedition for anything that could point to any kind of impropriety by Donald Trump otherwise they wouldn't have gone for records that existed all the way back to 2017 uh, and they wouldn't have uh, for instance searched uh, Melania Trump's wardrobe yeah that was that was pretty uh, low I have to admit 
Yeah, the whole thing was low, Sonny. Then it was beyond decorum. It was beyond protocol. It was insulting. It was jackbooting, uh, jackbooted, and it was very Stalinistic. Uh, and let's just start with that. Let's just start with the fact that it never happened before in our history. We've always had this reverence for the office of pres- the president of the United States that would have pre- prevented some sort, this sort of third world uh, uh, Praetorian Guard response to an ex-candidate. All of those things. That's first and foremost. And now we get to the rest of it, which is that uh, they, the warrant, which Donald Trump said, let's get it out there. It's out there. And now the FBI is doing everything it can to cover the affidavit, which was the piece of paper they went to a bought and paid for Clintonite uh, magistrate and got the uh, got the search warrant. So that's the next battle, Sonny. But I, I appreciate your phone call. I do appreciate your phone call. It just takes a little perspective. It just takes, uh, you know, being 35,000 feet up intellectually to look down and go, oh, I see. Okay, because when you're down here, you know, it's like global warming. And when it's down here and you're behind a tractor trailer in front of you and it's belching out a little bit of diesel, you know, exhaust, and you're going, oh, man, the whole world must be like this. We better get rid of gasoline engines. And then you go 35,000 feet up and you see that we aren't even microbes on the face of the earth. I mean, and, and if you go out further in space, even giant cities like New York are pinpricks on our map. That's when you kind of, you know, it gets into perspective. It puts things in perspective kind of weird that way uh, on the way the big lie second uh, big lie uh the uh what americans think of the inflation reduction act we'll get into uh, that and also um the libs of tiktok uh, tip talk tick tock creator is being accused of supporting domestic terror we'll get to all of that in your phone calls this is the rob carson show Those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours. It's the Rob Carson Show. So the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, the uh, insult to the American people, and, and really... Honestly, at this point, do you believe anything any, anyone in the government is saying? They lie to you about everything. They never fix anything. They never fix a damned thing, ever. When Barack Obama was a president, he slammed through a $787 billion spending package that was going to make everything right. It was going to revive the economy. It was going to get inflation below 8% where it was at the time. It was going to create green energy jobs. And ultimately, he laughed it off. He said, well, I guess those uh, shovel-ready projects weren't very shovel-ready. And you said, okay, okay, no, no. And they cast, passed Obamacare. Everything was going to be taken care of. Your, your premium was going to go down. You'll be able to choose your own doctor. And, everything. and that was a lie. Everything they do is a lie. Every spending bill they come up with is always a lie. And they decided to call uh, a bill where, by the way, they've been sitting on this for years since Barack Obama said that he wanted to create a civilian military, a civilian, civilian police force as well armed and funded as the U.S. military. And then in a package called the Inflation Reduction Act, which they brought about because of a crisis, kind of like when they go out from the Second Amendment when there's a school shooting. 
Joe Biden's policies and spending caused the inflation crisis. And now the Democrats have said, aha, now we can pass that 87,000 uh, IRS agents to go after average Americans using the FBI or IRS as a political weapon like we did when Lois Lerner was in charge and she went after conservative 501c3s. And we can just call it the Inflation Reduction Act because people are suffering so much they'll say, okay, cool. Well, guess what? Um, about a few days after it was jammed through against the will of the American people, 12% of Americans think the Inflation Reduction Act is going to actually work. The law was hastily thrown together by uh, Joe Manchin, who is a uh, criminal. I mean, as far as uh, representing his uh, uh, constituents, he has disobeyed them. Struck a deal with Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, which is essentially making a deal with the devil, to vote for a bill that would increase spending by hundreds of billions of dollars and increase taxes even more. CBL office and the Penn Wharton budget model say the bill will do next to nothing for inflation. Democrats have been bragging that the bill is already working. 12% of Americans feel the uh, bill will reduce inflation. 40% say it will increase it. 23% said it'll do nothing. 25% said they're not sure. So... Literally, only 12% say it'll work. The law will actually increase inflation slightly over the next few years, according to Penn Wharton, their budget model over the next decade. It's, the effect on inflation would be statistically indistinguishable from zero. Zero. Congressman from Maryland, Jamie Raskin, who is a tool, uh, this is what he had to say yesterday, uh, asked about the Inflation Reduction Act. As, as soon as the act goes into uh, effect, I hope that all of the provisions will begin to work. I am uh, I, I just ask him what provisions will bring down inflation immediately. He'll have no answer. Oh, but you'll get that at the end of the uh, interview here. But those who've been blaming President Biden for the inflation going up are now giving President Biden all the credit for inflation going down. So we're moving things in the right direction already. Yeah, and what parts of the bill do you think will will quickly work on that specifically? The, the, uh, next question okay there you go let's hear that question again because it's really the most important thing we're moving things in the right direction already yeah, and what parts of the bill do you think will will quickly work on that specifically the, the, uh, next question oh there you go well how is the uh, inflation working right now things aren't so good a few items from the grocery store i'm still racking up like 200 dollars bills and yet I have like two things, two meals to make for dinner. I noticed the prices when I was at checkout. Prices were ridiculous. Groceries are all up, gas is up, water bill, electric bill, everything. As a parent, you want to buy the 25 cent Folger. You can't find them, so you have to spend a dollar. Well, this is not good considering only 12% of the American people think this sham legislation is going to lower inflation. There's something on a folder. The inflation is on our items, but not in our pockets. Well, everyday Americans certainly feeling the heat of inflation while a new... Yeah, yeah, let me tell you here. Did you realize that after Joe Biden said that the inflation rate in America was 0%, even though it's still like 8.6% higher than it was last year, uh, did you realize that uh, the average American family, this inflation that Joe Biden caused with excess spending, see uh, more uh, Milton Friedman, um, costs an average American family $717 a month. That figures out to $8,600 per family per year. That means if uh, mom needs a root canal, mom ain't going to get a root canal. Because that costs about $1,200. And inflation, just inflation, is costing you $717 a month more every single month. 
Real hour, uh, average hourly earnings actually decreased by half a percent in July from a previous month when accounting for higher consumer prices. It's kind of crazy, right? One quarter of Democrats say the new law will reduce inflation. 25% of Democrats. <laughs> 33% saying it'll have no effect on inflation. 11% saying it'll make it worse. What's that? 33, 44, and 25 is what? 69% of Democrats. Wow, wow, wow. Republicans overwhelmingly believe the law will increase inflation. They don't even, it doesn't even matter. They used the crisis of you suffering to pass a bill that meant nothing. They did the same damn thing with the Uvalde shooting. They do it all the time. They never deliver. Here's what they do they use you before the election. They leave the money on the damn dresser the next morning and they walk out. That's what they do. That's what it's all about. Left wing. Oh, by the way, uh, our worries about climate change are falling very sharply, uh, even though Biden is ready to ink his $375 billion green spending spree. Yeah. Only 35% of us are even concerned about it at all. I would venture to say it's much lower than that. Uh, on the way, did you realize that owning an electric car is going to be the purview of the rich and it's by design? Also, Doug Mastriano, running for governor of the great state of Pennsylvania, joins us right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. It is a Tuesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Joining us, a friend of the show and candidate for governor of the great state of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Good morning, sir. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on, brother. Well, you know, I'm just waiting for the Inflation Reduction Act to kick in, Doug. Any moment now, my grocery... I'm going grocery shopping this afternoon, Doug, because I think that the price of steak is going to go back to half of what it was when Donald Trump took office, like gas prices. What about you, buddy? (laughs) Yeah, don't hold your breath, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Doug, I want to start off the conversation because I know um, your experience in the military. You have a a very storied uh, experience with the U.S. military, including, by the way, uh, you spending a good deal of time uh, on the Iron Curtain when uh, East Germany fell. Um, You have uh, extensive experience in the ways of the former Soviet Union, controlling the narrative, uh, shutting down free speech, etc. Uh, do you, are, are, are the uh, comparisons between the Biden administration and the Democrats uh, that I am noticing today, are they as obvious to you of what, what happened in the USSR and what they're trying to do to us? It, it is very chilling. So, you know, 1984 Orwell's book, I mean, what we're seeing happening here is just you can't make this stuff up. You know, actually, Orwell wrote that book on his experience in the Soviet Union. You know, at first he was a young delusional socialist thinking it was utopia. And then he traveled down to Ukraine in, in the 1932-1933 uh, winter when the Soviets were in the middle of starving about 11 million Ukrainians to death by taking away their, their wheat crop and what have you. And, and the narrative was fun. And so Orwell saw how that the Soviet regime was twisting things to deceive its own people and also the West. And we're seeing a lot of those comparisons. My, my first experience, actually, firsthand, was as a young high school student on an exchange program to West Germany. And we did a quick trip over to East Berlin while we were there back in 1981, I think. 
And uh, there I was detained by the People's Police of Volkspolizei for simply taking a picture in the Friedrichstrasse subway stop and um, met the, a, a, another young man about my age that had just uh, been released from two years' hard labor for trying to escape. Wow. Now, Doug, also I want to bring this up because today is a, a horrific anniversary for many who served in Afghanistan, being the uh, anniversary of the disastrous withdrawal of our troops from Afghanistan and the, and the consequent fall of Afghanistan, which happened in days. Um, this is a soul-crushing episode for those who served over there, Doug. And, and I just want to, I want to turn over the mic to you to address those who served there like you did, those who know people who, who didn't come back, family members, Gold Star family members, and those who come back, who came back injured uh, profoundly, whether psychologically or, or physically. I'd like to just address how they're feeling today, and if you could offer, as a fellow, as a fellow veteran, some, uh, some thoughts on today's anniversary. It's really hard to describe and it really hits in, in the, our hearts and souls M many thousands of americans and nato allies as well uh, served over in afghanistan and in iraq on you know on an american mission you know call it what you want but especially uh, afghanistan nato for the first time in its history invoked article five which was an attack upon one would be attacked upon all and uh, we thought we'd invoke that to defend germany from the soviet threat the russian threat not knowing that after 9 11 our allies would stand with us and fight a long war and then watching how the Biden administration, you know, fumbled and tripped and fell and retreated at Afghanistan and that disaster behind, you know, losing 13 of our beautiful members of the military as a result of a car bomb, uh, leaving behind many of our allies and Afghans that supported us and probably are dead now and just turning our backs on that mission and then leaving behind, you know, $87 billion of equipment. That, that equipment sure would be handy with, with some of our NATO allies, like in Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. You know, they'd love to have that. But we hand it over to the Taliban. And, you know, it hits us to the quick. Now, you know, fellow Americans uh, that served over there and family members that, that lost a loved one or a loved one was injured over there, this, this is hard to come to terms with because we were failed by our president and, and his administration and the senior military leadership. But uh, your loved ones and yourself, you, you, you served with distinction and honor. I mean, what you did for our nation and willing to lay down your life for our country and protect our, our way of life uh, is it, just incredible. So don't, don't forget that, you know, you were called upon to do something. And how we were let down by Biden is a different story altogether. You served with honorably. You saved lives. You made a difference. And please keep that in mind. You know, I, I shudder to think how uh, $80 billion could be spent on, uh, you know, what Tunnels for Towers does. Tunnels for Towers provides homes to uh, veterans and their families who either didn't come back from theaters of war like Afghanistan and Iraq uh, or those who are um, disabled. And I was thinking $80 billion would buy about 200, and I think about 200 and uh, some thousand, uh, $250,000 homes. Um, so there are a million ways we could spend the money better, but we've chosen to go down uh, this course with this, uh, this uh, awful bill that they're lying about. They call it the Inflation Reduction Act, which is Stalinistic in its, in its naming because it has nothing to do with that. Uh, that said, let's pivot to Ukraine. I know that you're an expert on Ukraine. Um, we just the Congress passed a spending bill to send Ukraine at least $50 billion. And literally the next week, the president of Ukraine and his wife had a, a photo shoot for Vanity Fair. Uh, and, uh, and nobody's talking about it. What the hell just happened, Doug? Yeah, I, I think we've been had. You know, there's, there's no secret that 
Biden administration, Biden and his son and his and uh, Biden's brother, are clearly you know in the pocket or compromised by China and Ukraine. And you know that the fact that we can have terrible things happen in American schools, and uh, that, that initial forty billion dollars that was authorized. Imagine if that money was used to harden our schools and put armed guards in our schools to defend our own people here, or, or to bring relief or, or something to to the people of America. But instead of helping our country. Money's being thrown at a problem that I, I don't know there's an easy resolution for. And so you just the priorities are all wrong here. I mean, the Biden administration thinks they could spend their way out of this crisis and are going to make it worse for average Americans. Yeah. Let's move to uh, Pennsylvania, where you're running for governor, a great state uh, that has been poorly run by Democrats for a very long time. Um, one of the first things that I saw the last couple of weeks is your battle for what they're trying to uh, put on kids in uh, in schools in Pennsylvania. Could you tell us some uh, recent developments? I- I'm from Iowa and I know my do- my uh, my niece is she goes to her daughter goes to Logan Magnolia, little school in uh, southwest Iowa. And they're introducing all this uh, uh, gender nonsense. What's going on in Pennsylvania, and what are you going to do about it? Uh, we're getting hit on all sides. I mean, if if, uh, if you want freedoms back and parental rights restored, and you decide what your kids wear in school, whether masks or not, or you know, vaccine or whatever, that should be your choice. And I'm your guy. Uh, if you want mandates to rule the course, if you want the school boards and school unions and and a, a Democrat governor to decide that your business is not essential, then then I'm not your guy. And so right now we're getting hit in multiple levels of Pennsylvania. Uh, on the first level, of course, Philadelphia is going back to masking the first two <laughs> weeks of school coming up here now. That, that, that's terrible, especially if the CDC has finally admitted that this really isn't working. Uh, the science isn't there to do this to the school, so it's all about control. That, that's what it's about. We see this hypocrisy. Uh, on the other level here, the kids are being taught, you know, equity and, you know, critical race theory. They, they keep on changing the name of this, this thing here. Uh, they hate each other based off their skin color. Um, to hate their country, and uh, you know what? If it's so bad here, just 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 go to Venezuela and tell me what you think. And then yeah. on the other side here, you know, um, I'm all for school choice. Obviously, that you should yes. be able to pick where your kid goes. Uh, my opponent, Josh Shapiro, is only for school choice for himself because he's a millionaire, and he's <laughs> sending his kids to one of the most exclusive, privileged schools in the nation, about forty thousand dollars a pop. You know, the average Pennsylvanian, especially in Philadelphia and elsewhere, we can't afford that. So it's time for a change. Stop stop voting Democrat because these people don't believe you have rights. They, they believe if you speak your mind at a, at a um, school board meeting, you're a domestic terrorist. I mean, these, these, these people have gone over the top. You know, I'm seeing uh, photos of your uh, appearances uh, lately on uh, online as opposed to Josh Shapiro's, which are, you know, very similar to uh, Joe Biden's appearances before the 2020 election. Um, what what how is it resonating right now with people? Because it, when I see your rallies, I see positivity. I see enthusiasm. I see optimism. Uh, what are you encountering on the uh, on the campaign trail in the state of Pennsylvania? It's right out of the Democrat playbook as far as Josh Shapiro. He's running negativity. He's been six years as our attorney general, and he can't run on this record because on his watch, crime has gone up by 37%. Murders have doubled. Uh, Philadelphia, when he took over uh, Josh Shapiro as our attorney general, there was 277 murders in 2016. Now it's pushing 600. Uh, fentanyl deaths, where I think we're number four in the nation. Overdose deaths, number eight in the nation, 12th in, in homicides. This guy is a disaster in train wrecks. All he can do is call us names, you know. You know, he's, he's a white supremacist. He's this. He's a phone. He's, you know, it's like, grow up. I'm back in grade school here. It's like, shut up, man. Even his own people are frustrated. They say, Josh, we know, we know you don't like Doug. What are you going to run on? He can't run on anything.
Oh, it's unbelievable. I want to ask you this, Doug. Um, uh, there was, um, I, I like to say that the SS Titanic set sail on January 20th of 2021. And uh, like the Titanic, the Titanic, when it set sail, the coal bunkers were smoldering. And it may have warped the, uh, the hull slightly. I've done copious research on this. And it may have contributed to the sinking of the, of the uh, Titanic. The SS Titanic has us. We have been uh, put down in the coal bunkers. We are smoldering. We haven't forgotten. We have long-term memories about the abuses of government. And the raid on Mar-a-Lago, I think, uh, set fire to those coal bunkers. They're no longer smoldering. They are on fire. And this boat is sinking. What have you heard from your constituents with regard to reaction to the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago last Monday? And what a very apropos comparison. It's so true. The Democrats, they can't help themselves. They, they don't know when to stop. They, they don't know when to back off. And so they're just drunk with power. And what we saw ha- what happened to Donald Trump and to Congressman Scott Perry and to some of my colleagues in Harrisburg, you know, subpoena happy committees out there, um, it, it's really solidified Donald Trump's base. Even many people that, that were kind of like, you know, maybe it's time to move on kind of thing, you know, from Donald Trump. Were like, no, he needs to run and win again because, you know, it's got to be, he has to be vindicated. He's the only one that's going to stand up. And I agree. And so they've overplayed their hand. Yeah. I think they have, Doug. I really do. I think they've uh, screwed the proverbial pooch, to be quite honest, and uh, crossed the Rubicon to some degree. One other thing. Um, it's kind of odd, Doug, and, and you are a military man. You have a just your resume is ridiculous. Can I just borrow one or two things? I do have one thing in common. Uh, you were a short order cook. So was I in high school. That's about that's about where it ends. That's about where it is. But let me ask you, we, we were on the verge of World War Three. China was going to shoot Nancy Pelosi out of the sky about three weeks ago. And uh, she went to Taiwan with her son. Weird. And she went to uh, her son went to a really big uh, chip maker over there. Kind of weird. And then she flew back and said that China was one of the freest countries in the world. Um, do you suppose we're being played there, too? Yeah, she, she's absolutely freaking nuts. But China's not free. Are you kidding me? China is a very impressive regime. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is unbelievable. Now, Doug, we're we're in the final stretch. Uh, we know that the outside money is being spent. We know that you are uh, certainly facing some hurdles as you uh, as you approach because you're a, a you're a Republican and you are a conservative. The positive, you are a Trump uh, endorsed candidate. Uh, real quick, about forty five seconds. Um, how's the race going? Uh, what what's polling saying to you? And how do your people feel about your prospects coming up in the eighth? On the final stretch here. And what do you think? I mean, how are people reacting? Are you there? Did we lose Doug? I think we might have lost Doug. I'm talking to my producer, did we lose Doug? It looks like we might have lost Doug. Gosh darn it. All right, I'll tell you what we're going to do because it's about time for a break. Uh, let's try and get Doug and maybe just do a wrapping up, wrap up a thought with Doug Mastriano. Are we, uh, do we got him? Okay, Doug, you back there? You back? <laughs> we're being jammed by the Chinese. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me the damned FBI got a hold of your phone. Uh, finally, how's, how's polling going? How, how's, uh, how's it looking for you guys? After coming out of a, a rough primary, you and I talked about it, you know, being yep. outspent 16 to 1, I'm within striking distance. There's a statistical dead heat here with Josh Shapiro. Oh, he, he should be 20 points ahead. He had no primary. So the race is on. We're going to win. People in the state are leaving the Democrat Party. They had a 2 million registration advantage two years ago. Now it's down to 400,000. Whoa. Uh, break it. In, I know, it's huge. They've gone too far. Uh, independents are breaking 60% for me. The Latinos are headed my way. I mean, this is fantastic. Wow. It's going to be a great victory, but we got to do our part.
All right, brother. Well, I'm here for you. We are here for you. Doug, number four, gov.com, dougfordgov.com. Any place else you'd like me to send, folks? dougfordgov.com, and uh, give a little bit of money if you can to help us get some advertisements out there. All right, my brother. Take care of yourself. We'll have you on again real soon. This is The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's The Rob Carson Show. So uh, last segment of the show, and I've been thinking about what to cover here. Uh, there's a million things to talk about, including uh, the, the creator of the libs of TikToks being a co- a pu- a bleh, accused of supporting domestic terror, spreading fear across the world. Uh, all she does is uh, share bat guano crazy videos posted on radical LGBTQRSTUV individuals online and lets them speak for itself. No commentary or whatever. I'm going to say that till tomorrow. Okay. Over the weekend, I discovered a, a guy. His name is uh, Neil Oliver. He's around my age. He, uh, he works uh, in broadcasting in Britain. He is a historian, among other things. And, uh, and one of the things that the Biden administration uh, is doing is pushing us towards this new green energy uh, crap. It's all absolute crap. And, and if you don't believe me, see the Netherlands, see Sri Lanka. Um, and, and one of the things they're trying to do is say that we can uh, go out and buy electric cars. Electric cars are the thing that's going to uh, help us and all this. And none of us can afford it, by the way. None of us can afford an electric car. Uh, it's nonsensical to believe that we can go uh, purely to electric when we skipped hybrid. Hybrid was the way to go. Actually, if we wanted to save fuel uh, in the in the progress of in the process of finding an alternative to fossil fuels, but they didn't do that. They screwed the pooch, and now they're going to end up literally five years from now. You will not be able to get rid of your stupid electric car. But here is Neil R. Oliver talking about uh, some of the things being foisted upon the United States and around the world. Some of the things we are going through right now are the same things that Great Britain has experienced and other countries have already been through. And they all point to one direction, and that is uh, a leftist takeover of economies around the world. And, yes, I hate to do this because I, I am not a conspiracy theorist, but uh, essentially a new world, world order. If you felt the blood drain from your face at the prospect of bills rising from hundreds to several thousands of pounds while reading about energy companies doubling their profits overnight while being commanded to subsidise so-called renewables that are anything but green while listening to this politician or that renew their vows to the ruinous fantasies of net zero and Agenda 2030 while knowing that the electricity for electric cars comes in the main and most reliably from fossil fuels For 85% in this country If you can't make sense of it all and just know that it adds up to a future in which you might have to choose between eating and heating, then treat yourself to the gift of understanding that the powers that be fully intend that we should have less heat and less fuel, and that in the planned future only the rich will have cars anyway. And that is the plan, by the way. The WHO wants the world to move away from individual vehicle ownership. I'll have that for you tomorrow. Here's more from Neil Oliver. Passing day, it becomes more and more obvious to me that we are no longer being treated as individuals entitled to try and make the most of our lives, but as a barn full of battery hens, just another product to be bought and sold. You and I are means of production and income for the government. That's it. Sold down the river. Let me put it another way. If you've been driving yourself almost demented in an effort to think the best of those in charge, those in senior positions in government, those in charge of the great institutions of state, those running the big corporations, but finding it increasingly impossible to do so, then the solution to the problem might be to turn your point of view through 180 degrees and accept, however unwillingly that we are, how best to put this, 
being taken for a ride. One more, and this uh, basically solidifies what I say about us being uh, living a tale of two cities. If you struggle to think the best of the world's richest, vacuous, self-obsessed, A-list celebrities among them, endlessly circling the planet on private jets and super yachts. Leo DiCaprio! ...to attend get-togethers where they might pontificate to us lowly proles about how we must give up our cars and occasional holiday flights, even meet on the dinner table. If you wonder how they have the unmitigated gall, then isn't it easier simply to accept that their honestly declared and advertised intention is that their luxurious and pampered lives will continue as before, while we are left hungry, cold and mostly unwashed in our unheated homes. But don't worry, we have the Inflation Reduction Act that only 12% of us say will do that. Let's take a break, come back, wrap things up. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, I've uh, got a couple things I need you to do, okay? My producer Ken yesterday said one thing you need to do is if you get a mail-in ballot and you can vote in person, do not send your mail-in ballot in before November. Wait, bring it with you, and vote in person. Second of all, every day until November the 8th, apply for the position of agent on the IRS website. Do it. Flood them with applications so they don't know who to hire. God bless you guys, and until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.